Before we begin, I'd like to note that Mr. Weldy has not taken on the position of principal at Reed Spring High School yet, so please keep that in mind when he is answering questions. He is not completely informed for that reason. He did, however, do a terrific job in answering the questions that we did provide him with, and we thank him for that. Here's the pod. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Mr. Weldy, let's talk, shall we? We shall. Let's begin with your career in education. Could you please map that out for me, what it looked like up to this point? Yeah, well, I started uh, my first seven years in education. I was uh, serving a small town, small town community in Ash Grove, and uh, that really, that community, that school district is really what shaped me into the educator I am today. Um, just that uh, small town servant leadership heart that everyone there displayed, and I've always had a leadership heart, but. I really saw what that looked like in a school setting in my opportunity at, at Ashgrove those seven years. Um, I taught K through 12 PE. I was also the uh, D coordinator for the varsity football team. I was the only seventh and eighth grade boys junior high basketball coach. I was the head baseball coach. I drove a bus route before and after school, drove a bus route to all my athletic events. I did all the mowing and groundskeeping for the district. So I mowed the football field, baseball field, softball fields, and also mowed every every inch of, every square inch of grass on the district. And and in my seven years there, um, like I said, I, I valued just that smaller community that watching a student grow up from uh, kindergarten all the way to graduation, knowing their family, um, my favorite family had this uh, sweet grandma that would bring me an apple pie every two weeks. And man, I miss Grandma Allred's apple pies because they were, they were the best. But just, just being overwhelmed with the, the sense of community there. Um, after my seven, seven years at Ashgrove, I um, moved on to Republic Middle School, which is the uh, second largest middle school in the state of Missouri. Um, it's a six, seven, eight building. And I served there for seven years where I had the opportunity. It was such a cool opportunity at, at Republic because I was the only teacher in Republic School District that I taught every student at a grade level. So I had the opportunity to teach every sixth grade student and no other teacher in the district had an opportunity like I did. And so in that seven years time, um, I had taught close to 3,000 kids. And just, uh, just that, that ability in that large of a setting to leave uh, that type of fingerprint uh, on the students and the community uh, was invaluable to me. Just a, a great experience. I also coached junior high football and um, I coached high school baseball while, while I was there just a, as an assistant. But um, I think what was fun about that was I was really able, I, I felt like sometimes at Ash Grove I was wearing so many different hats that I wasn't able to really hone in on mastering my craft of teaching. And my seven years at, at Republic, uh, I wasn't as busy with driving a bus or mowing or coaching so many sports that I was really able to, to, to lock in on, my, on mastering my craft of teaching. And so um, I was very fortunate to be surrounded by great administrators and uh, great teachers that really helped me, um, helped me grow in that regard, um, I was fortunate enough. Uh, I taught Hunter's Education 
while I was in, in the PE classroom, I taught okay. hunter's yeah. education, and um, I was named the Missouri Conservation uh, Instructor of the Year one year, which was super cool recognition. That's very cool. Um, Republic has, um, they have what's called a Repmo Hero, and that's for the teacher of the month. So they alternate it. They do five teachers a year, and then they do uh, five support staff um, personnel of the year. And so what that is, is pretty much teacher of the month. And so I got the Repmo Hero Award uh, my second to last year there, and just a very, very humbling experience to, to be recognized for that. Okay. Then finally, my last two years, I've served as an assistant principal at Nixa Junior High, just down the road. Um, and at that capacity, uh, it's been that that was really a, a big transition in my life um, of what does relationship building look like now as an administrator? Because as a teacher, it's super easy. I had you know students in my classroom every day. And, uh, you know, that was really my big question mark into moving into uh, uh, administrative leadership position was what does relationships with students look like now? And I remember my first week of being an assistant principal two years ago, uh, the first bell rang and there was 1,000 plus students in our hallways at Nixa Junior High. And I remember just having this empty feeling of, oh my gosh, how am I going to build a relationship with all of these kids? And and they're never going to know who I am because in a classroom it was easy. I saw them every day, but mm-hmm. I don't see students every day uh, in that role. And uh, the first week I, I really I really struggled. And then after the first week I realized that um, you know being visible in the hallways between pa- passing periods, giving high fives. I'm big. I'm big nuck guy. You know, like give me nucks. I, I love giving nucks. Uh, and just making sure that every student feels seen uh, by me during hallway passing times. It's important that at lunchroom supervision, I'm not just standing in the corner observing and supervising. I'm walking between tables, uh, saying hi to kids, cutting up with kids. So um, I don't think the relationships are as deep as they were as a as a teacher, but at the same time, I'm I'm very confident in uh, just the ability to form those genuine relationships with kids now as an administrator. So that's that's my professional journey to yes, got me here to, to Reed Spring High School. Okay. Given all that you did at Ashgrove, then at Republic, is that correct? Republic? Yes, sir. And then Nixon Junior High, I must ask, do you despise free time? Because it seems like you're always, always moving. <laughs> well, uh, if, and you'll, f- <laughs> it's funny because free time I, I don't have free time uh, and uh, I, I like that I like being busy um, I have three sons 12 9 and 4 all three of them the four-year-old just played his first baseball game ever last night then my two older boys they they play travel baseball so um, there's not a weekend that we have that we're at home it seems right now um, and free time uh, I, I, it doesn't take much for me to decompress. Like, if anything, I just need a, a nice five-minute walk at the end of the day with, with my wife. Um, we usually take a 30-minute walk, but just a nice decompressed walk. But uh, then my wife and I, we're, we're polar opposites. Uh, whenever we have long breaks, be it a Christmas break for a couple weeks, I can I can kind of veg out for one day, but then after that I got to be up and doing stuff. And my wife she can she can just hang out inside and read a book, 
you know, for, for weeks at a time. But uh, I'm pretty high energy. Um, I'm pretty high energy, always got to be moving. Um, as an assistant principal, I average about 12,000 to 15,000 steps a day. Oh, boy. And so I like that part of it because I think I should be getting that many steps in because that tells me that I'm, I'm out and about. And so, um, but yeah, high energy guy, downtime. I don't have to have downtime um, on the side. One of my hobbies is I like to do woodworking. And so I've got a shop out behind my house where I, I'll go out and uh, just uh, piddle. Yes. Yes, piddle. I guess that's an old guy term, piddle. So I just <laughs> I'd say so, but that's yeah. okay. Yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of a little bit more about me. All right. That's good to know. We've covered your professional career, yeah. your career in education. Yeah. What about prior to that? Because uh, I've spoken with you about this before. Uh-huh. It wasn't quite as easy for you as it was for other people. Could you explain yeah. why that is? Yeah, so I listened to your podcast with Dr. Hershey last week, and uh, or whenever it was, but I had an opportunity to listen to that, and I thought it was super cool. Of, first of all, the introduction he gave me, uh, that was very humbling. And uh, But the other part was him bringing up my story and saying it was my story to tell. And, and I was re- really appreciative of him, of him both stating that and putting it out there that I do have a unique story, but also letting me tell the story. And uh, for for me, the we all want to know our why, and and sometimes people think it's cliche, but my why as to why I got into education is because I am a product of 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 a school system that did not give up on me. Um, I grew up. Uh, I, I'm from Aurora, so I graduated from Aurora High School, and my my childhood wasn't it, it wasn't ideal and i know people out there have had it rougher and um, i'm always keeping that uh, to heart but uh, for me school was my safe place i knew that from 7:30 until i got out of practice at five o'clock that that's where i was safe that's where people loved on me unconditionally people believed in me people kept kept me accountable uh, because I knew whenever I got home, it was going to be some, most nights it was going to be the polar opposite. But, um, you know, I don't know how in-depth you want me to get here, but... Uh, as much as you feel I, is necessary. Hey, no, and, and I, I think it's so important for students to understand my story. Um, and, and I'll tell you why at the end. Don't let me forget. Write that down as okay. a note. Don't let me forget. But uh, for me, uh, growing up when I was five years old, my, my father... My father died of a drug overdose, and I, at that point in time, I had one sister, and she was she was just a couple months old. But my father died of a drug overdose, and we lived on a farm, and times were tough back then. Obviously, whenever you have a single parent trying to run a farm, and um, from that point, my my mom uh, married my stepdad, and they had two daughters together. So I have three little sisters that are very important to me. And you're the oldest? I'm the oldest. So did you, know? you have to become the man of the house until your mom married? So I, I wouldn't necessarily say I had to become the man of the house uh, because at the time I was just five. Yes, and, sir. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. if my memory serves me correct, my mom and my stepdad got married when I was in the third grade. So I wasn't really in that man of the house transition yet. But as I grew older... I didn't necessarily turn into the man of the house. I turned into the parent of the house for my three little sisters. Because okay. unfortunately, my mom and my stepdad, um, they had, they were drug addicts as well. And um, it was, I'm going to use the word survival. I don't feel like I was surviving at that time. Um, I just know that it was a 
day at a time. It was a day at a time. When when uh, my mom, when my mom and my stepdad were good, they were they were good. But when when they were struggling, they were struggling with their addiction. And and um, so for me, um, you know, like I said, school school was my safe place. And um, there were nights that uh, I'd come home, uh, and um, there wouldn't be food in the in in the fridge. So I, I know what it's like to be hungry, and and there would be nights that we wouldn't have electricity because you know my my parents' priorities were not bills; it was other things. And so there'd be nights that we didn't have electricity in the cold months. Um, there's there's been times that uh, you know my the, our parents they wouldn't even they wouldn't even be there we'd just get there and no one would be there and and um so like I, I've, I've seen the rough side of life but at the same time i always people people often ask like how did you how did you overcome that and there's so many reasons um i did fortunately enough i had a i had a grandfather my dad's my dad's father um he was he was the the person that loved on me unconditionally um, but I also had teachers and I also had coaches and I also had school clubs and, and organizations that held me accountable because I didn't have a curfew. I didn't have, I didn't have rules because my parents didn't have rules for themselves, you, you know? Yes. Um, so all the, all the rules that were in place in my house were rules that I self-enforced. And so just being an athlete at Aurora, being involved in student council and band and, all the clubs and organizations I was involved in. I was a three-sport athlete. Um, I would always put a teacher or a coach in the place of the void in my life. And what I mean by that is I would always put uh, a, a male teacher in that fatherly figure in my life. And I would always put a female teacher in that motherly figure in my life, that void that I was missing. And that's what... I was always so excited to get to school. I was always so excited to be at school, and and I I have the ability that uh, unfortunately with my past I have the ability that like big big things in life don't rock me, um, and uh, it, it takes a lot to rattle me, you know. After all I've been through, and I'm sure. and uh, sometimes my wife, my wife, my my wife's parents are just awesome people, and she grew up in just an awesome family. And it's so exciting to be a part of that family now. Um, but, you, you know, uh, when, when life happens to my wife and I, uh, I often joke that, uh, you know, hey, we'll figure it out. It's going to be okay. You know, tire, she needs new tires. And that's a, that's a big expense. And so she might freak out about it. But, hey, it'll, it'll be all right. So sometimes she gets mad at me for not getting, not getting worked up over things. But like I said, it takes a lot to rattle me. And I'm just so thankful for all the trials I went through to get to this point um, has turned into my testimony now. And that's important to me. And, and as a teacher, I would have the pretty much the talk I just had with you um, with all my students the first day of class. And I, I wouldn't go into as much detail, but um, I would have that talk with my students the first day of class because it's so important to go back to that question I had you wrote down of why, am, why is my why so important to me. It's important to me to get my why out there to our students and just our community of 
Um, I'm not just I'm, I'm not just some guy. I'm a guy that's been there. You know, I know what it's like to have to open the oven and turn it on and sleep in the kitchen so we have heat in the winter. Um, and I would tell my students that, and I can't tell you in my journey how how valuable my trials in life have been as I'm I'm giving that information to my students because I can't tell you how many days I walked into a school building and I was hurting and I just needed someone to talk to and can't tell you how many days I got to a teacher's door or the counselor's door and I'm like man I just really need to talk to somebody and then I turn around and walk away because and I never talk to them because it's it's embarrassing and so by telling my why to my students all this time it's inspired so many students to come to me it's inspired counselors to bring students to me there they might be going through something similar or they might just be going through a hard time and the reason I never said anything to anyone because it was embarrassing yeah but I never thought that they would understand and and now that I'm an adult I know teachers understand this I know counselors understand this but um, you know when I was a kid I, I didn't think anyone would understand and so by just kind of getting my story out there, it's so important to me that that students know that they can come to me with things, and we yeah. can talk about them. Because you know, I'm not going to sit there and say, "Well, I've been through this," so you you know that doesn't validate what you're saying. That's not no. It's just so important for students to know that someone in this role that I have the opportunity to, to serve in in the coming years, uh, it's important to know that hey, like this guy, this guy's human and he gets it too. Because I don't know about you, but man, when I looked at when I looked at teachers growing up, I put them on a pedestal. You know, like they're teachers. Like that's that's just such an awesome profession that they have. And like a teacher, teacher would never know what I've been through. You know, but man, I bet there's so many more teachers out there like me that we know that we don't know about. So, yes, like I said, that's and, and that's another thing I've struggled with as an administrator is like how do I get how do I get my story out there to kids because it's so important to me. It really is. And so that's why I was excited to do your podcast. Just so uh, there's just another opportunity for me to hopefully get that out there and let students understand. And I tell, I tell students uh, that hey, you know whether I give my story via a podcast or I got a student that's struggling and I say hey, do you mind if I tell you my story? And I give them my story. I tell them hey, like don't be embarrassed for me. Tell as many people as you want. You, you know because if 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 I can help one person that's struggling, but I don't know about five others, I want to be able to help those five others. Yes, too. sir. So. You know, we all go through trials in life. Some are just bigger than others. And my trials are no different than anyone else's trials. You know, a trial is a trial. You know, uh, hard times are hard times. So I'm no different than anyone else. I just have uh, more fun stories, for lack of better terms, as far as I'm going to tell you this story. So growing up, we we had a pet bear. Her name was Martha. Oh, wow. We had a pet bear. Her name was Martha. And she only had three legs. Wow. All right. But you're you're missing an important question here. What's that? Why did she only have three legs? Why did she only have three well, legs? Well, I, I tell you, her name was Martha. She was missing her front right arm. Uh, and she, when we first got her, she had all four legs. But our pet mountain lion, his name was Fred, mm. bit one so badly that we had to have it amputated. So not only did I have a pet bear with three legs named Martha, we had a pet mountain lion. His name was Fred. So 
They didn't. Wow. They weren't in the same right. cage. They had two cages beside each other, and Martha stuck her arm in Fred's cage, and Fred bit it. And we, again, we had to have it amputated. And then after that, my stepdad, I could, I, I was probably around ten years old. Then my stepdad said, "You know what? It's probably not safe to have a mountain lion <laughs> at home." So he got rid of Fred, but we kept Martha, and uh, she was part of my daily chores. I got to feed Martha every day. She was a sweet old thing. She was a cinnamon bear. So she was probably about 180 pounds, little. She kind of looked like a black bear, but uh, fed her corn every day and watered her. And again, it's part of my daily chores. Okay. So, so when you get to college, they'll play icebreaker games like tell two truths and a lie. Have you ever played this game? Yes, I have. Yeah, so I was always the master of that. Be like, my name's Brandon. I had a pet, le- pet bear with three <laughs> legs named Martha, and I love sushi. No, nope. like yeah. So, given your experience raising a bear and a mountain lion, did you have any difficulty choosing between education and being a zookeeper? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. No education for me. Uh, you, my my oldest son is twelve, and when I ask him what he wants to be, of course, you know, any twelve year old now is going to say a YouTuber or, or <laughs> you, you know. But for me, I always wanted to be a teacher, and I always wanted to be there. And you know, now looking back. I can remember in second grade saying I wanted to be a PE teacher. And um, now looking back, it makes so much sense to me the why behind that because that was the safest place I was. Yes, sir. Uh, and so education has never been there, there's never been another aspiration in my life other than being in education and serving kids. So, but now I just have the awesome opportunity to not only serve kids, but to serve our teachers and our community. And so uh, I'm super excited to just have that holistic opportunity to serve an entire community instead of just a select few. So The school as a whole shares that excitement. Yeah. Of everything that we've talked about, you, you going from this situation, this awful situation that, that people shouldn't have to grow up in, what do you think was the biggest factor in bringing you to where you are now with your education? Do you think it was those extracurriculars or do you think it was a specific person or maybe something else? What what was it? Yeah. Um, Man, that's a good question. I don't don't know if I can pinpoint it on any specific thing. Then what's the first thing that comes to mind? The first thing that comes to mind is four men, Corey Roy, Brennan McGinnis, Pat Woods, and Jim Wagner. And those were the guys that I put in those fatherly roles. And... Um, those were the guys that held me accountable. Those were the guys that if I did something that wasn't smart, they were going to let me know about it. Um, and to this day, I have those four guys hung up in my office um, at, at Nixa. So right now at Nixa, I got a picture of my three sisters. I got a picture of, of the house I grew up in that, uh, that's, you know, uh, just a, a reminder of where I've come from. And then I have a picture of those four uh, those four men, and then finally I have a picture of a uh, of a athlete from Republic that uh, he struggled a lot like I did, and just again I had him in class as a sixth grader, and then when he got to to be in high school, just to mentor him and to see where he's at now. I'm so proud of him um, as he's just a 20 year old t- 20 year old, and he's making his way in this world, and he's overcome all odds. Uh, but I have picture I have those four pictures up uh, because. You, you know, if uh, it's a constant reminder of of who's got me to where I'm at. Um, one of my favorite words is compete, and just always competing to 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 win the day. And 
that was, uh, you know, again, my story is no different than any others. Um, I, I just, I'm just fortunate enough to be able to tell it, I think, so. Yes, sir. Yeah, you have a fascinating story, a remarkable story. Oh, yeah, story. and we've, like, uh, there's a lot of layers to, to my story. I've got a lot of, lot of stories that, uh, again, I try to, anytime I, I have the opportunity to tell it, I, I don't like making things about me, but I'll, I'll take this, this opportunity since this It is an interview of you. Me, so, Go for it. But I don't like to make things about me, but, uh, but again, I, not only is it important for our students to understand where I'm coming from, but our community to understand where I'm coming from because... Uh, again, whenever, whenever parents come and you know, or teachers come to talk to me, I want them to know that people didn't hold anything against me, um, and so, and they're always willing to listen. And I just want to do the same for everybody. So, well, that's very cool. Yeah, we've talked about how you build the connection with students that you already seem to be building without even acting as principal technically. What about teachers? Let's start there. How do you plan on building that connection with teachers as well? Just talking to them in the same way that you would with students? Well, you know, um, teachers, teaching is the toughest profession in the world. Like teachers, it's the toughest profession. And it's important for me to not forget about what it was like when I was a teacher. You know, it's, it's always important that that I remember the struggles I had as a, as a teacher, and I probably wouldn't be sitting here if it weren't for great great role models uh, as far as the principals that I had the opportunity to work under and all that they invested in me. And so um, the, the relationship with teachers is so important, and um, it's one of my top priorities because you know students are here every four years, and we're, we're all here. Every adult in this building is here for students. We'll never forget that. but. You know, students are on a four-year cycle. Like you, just next year you're a senior, correct? No, I'll no, be a you're junior. Just a junior? Okay. I, I'm a sophomore this you're year. You're sophomore this year. Okay, okay. But you know, students students are going to be here for a blink, but teachers are here for for a long period of time. And so, you know, there's what I'm what I'm excited to find is that balance of how do I support everybody? Yes, sir. You know, how do I how do I stay student focused? How do I stay teacher focused? And and right now. Um, you know, as an assistant principal, the role's a little bit different than a head principal, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to learn uh, what that looks like as far as just being with teachers. And, and for me, um, like, what I'm excited about is just learning new people. I love meeting new people. I love building genuine relationships. And, and to me, that's the most important thing for me as, as the head principal is just building genuine relationships with everybody. Um, and there's a difference to me between a positive relationship and a genuine relationship. Um, you know, positive relationships, yeah, they're, they're great, and we gotta have those positive relationships, but really just having that genuine relationship, knowing, knowing students, knowing teachers to their core, knowing what makes them tick, knowing how they like to be served, um, and uh, just knowing how I can support them. Yes, so, sir. But as far as going back to your original question with teachers, just, uh, I just want to be in their classrooms as much as I can, and and not in my not in their classrooms to 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 rate them, but uh, to 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 relate with them. Just learn what their teaching style is, because one thing I'm learning is that 
here at Reed Spring High School, like we got some awesome teachers. And so I want to know what makes them awesome. Like, cause my teaching style might be different than their teaching style, but they're still successful in that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yes, sir. Um, so I'm just excited to get in teachers' classrooms and smile with them, hang out with the kids. Uh, and that's, that's my goal coming in next year. The first couple months is just getting in classrooms as much as I can, learning okay. as much as I can about everybody. Learn as much as I can about the building, the culture, the climate, because uh, I still got a lot to learn, and uh, yes, I, I, I am up to the task. So well, that's good to hear. Yeah, maintaining that balance between connection with students and connection with teachers is certainly yeah. a difficult endeavor. So yeah. we wish you the best in that. Yeah, how do you plan on building a connection with the community outside of the school? Yeah, well, everything boils down to just being visible and being there to listen, and so. Um, when it comes to the community, I don't know. That's a great question, and I don't know what that looks like yet. Um, that's okay. My hope is that, uh, and I know there's Chamber of Commerce meetings and Rotary meetings that I'll have the opportunity to build those relationships um, because, again, this is a whole community package. You know, this isn't just teachers and students inside these walls. Like, I want to build relationships with all the other principals uh, in the district and community leaders and and just people inside the community because this is this is a pretty unique community with it's it's like five communities wrapped into one hub and that hub is reed spring school district yes sir you know and i know there's plans in place for the new community park and and everything that that we're excited to roll out that dr hershey and dr kite have been working on um, and I'm excited to be a part of that process. I'm excited to be a part of the Gibson Tech Center process and just just like the future the future plans for that. And um, but just being visible at uh, athletic events, be visible at band events, uh, just uh, just being visible and 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 being approachable. And uh, that's that's important. Is just that visibility and people people ha having the comfort to approach me just to talk and uh, always have that open door of, hey, if you, if you need anything, come to me and we'll talk. Yes, sir. Let's speak about some of your plans uh, as principal. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna ask you some yes or no questions okay. based on that. Rotating schedules has become a common concept now in education, and you've taught at several different schools and participated in administration in several different schools as well. Would you, be willing to do a rotating schedule, whatever that looks like. Maybe it's block schedule, maybe it's six hours a day when we really have seven. Yeah, and I really don't have a yes or no answer to that because that's... Uh, what would uh, you be willing to, given... What's given best evidence? for kids. Okay, yes, sir. Like, at the end of the day, what's best for kids? Yeah. And so, and what's what's best for kids is uh, is the answer to that. So, and I don't know what's best for uh -huh. everybody here at Reach Spring High School yet because I'm still, again, still learning. I haven't even, yeah. haven't even been here. I've, you know, I've been here a handful of days, and what I've found is just the amount of support from everybody uh, in Reed Springs School District, the amount of support has just been overwhelming from the top down, from doc Dr. Hershey on down. Um, and so I have no doubt in my mind whatever processes need to be put in place that's best for kids is what we're gonna do, and it's gonna be supported. That's really good to hear. And uh, yeah, that's all that matters, Yeah, what's best for kids. Okay, moving on. We just had that forum where mm -hmm. several students got yeah. to ask you questions yeah. and you got the chance to ask them a few questions in yeah. there. Yeah. Goal cards was a hot topic. Mm -hmm. 
you did not know what that was prior yeah, to it. Yeah. And that's completely okay because you're not principal yet. Yeah. What you do understand now from that, we have guided study hall and, and students who meet the behavior requirements, the attendance requirements, and the, uh, the, the, the grade requirements. Mm -hmm. Those kids get goal cards. Would you be willing, would you ever change those from what you understand? Is there any, what are your thoughts on that from what you do know now? Yeah, and like I explained to the forum, which was a super cool opportunity to meet, meet, meet some students that I hadn't had the opportunity to meet yet. Um, but what I heard from that most was what was on students' hearts, like what they felt that they needed to, to bring to my attention. And that's super important to me because, uh, like I told, told the forum, you know, as a father of three, uh, if I have this great idea as an adult, of something that I think my, stu my my boys will think is fun, and I make that suggestion, and they kind of like, seriously, Dad? And then I ask them what they would rather do, uh, and then that's what we do, so, um, if feasible. So sometimes my boys are like, oh, I wanna go to St. Louis Cardinals game tonight. Well, that's not feasible, but what can we do? Can we go to Springfield Cardinals game, you, you know? So, yes, sir. Uh, ask your question again. I'm sorry, I forgot it. What was your initial question? What are your initial thoughts oh, now cards. that you have gold learned cards. about yeah, the go-kart situation? And, and I'm still wrapping up. I, I told you I'm a high-energy guy, but I've been uh, pretty lethargic here lately just because I'm, I'm working my uh, – I'm trying to finish out strong at, at Nixa to, f you know, to leave it better than when I found it. And uh, so I'm doing that until about 4.30 of, a, of an afternoon. And then I come home and I'm a dad for a little bit. And then I'm working on Reed Spring stuff till 11, 12 at night. Um, so I'm excited for my time at Nixa to be over. And not in that and sense. And have one job. And not in that sense, yes. Because my, my two years in Nixa uh, has provided me with with the tools to sit where I'm sitting right now. And so I'll, I'll always be grateful for that two years. Um, but uh, whenever I come in, uh, finally in July, I'm excited to finally dig deep and learn all of our processes, gold cards, uh, you name it. Like, because right now, again, I'm, I'm still just focused on finishing out strong on my job like, like anyone should be. But I'm really excited for July when I can come in and totally dedicate 100% of my time to learning what makes Reed Spring High School tick. And so I don't think I can answer your question yet because I, I've known about gold cards for an hour now. Yes, so. sir. Yeah, and all I wanted was yeah. your initial thoughts, yeah. so that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Another topic that was brought up in there was the, li the library mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. situation that mm -hmm. we find ourselves in. Mm -hmm. One, three students in there were notably incredibly concerned about that. Mm -hmm. What are your initial thoughts on that? Yeah, again, I, I, I don't even, I, I've stepped foot in the library threshold and said hi, and that's about the extent of me going through the library. So again, right now I'm, I'm banking on uh, all the things that I don't know them until I know them. And so um, I'm just gonna, like I said, continue to get in here and learn everything about the building and what uh, where we're at and from there, we can all figure out together where we need to get. So. Yes, sir. Back to the gold cards. Uh, now that I think about it, I noticed that, and I'm not sure if anyone else noticed this, I noticed that you did seem to be slightly concerned. Wait for that bell. I noticed that you did seem to be slightly concerned about the students who do not get gold cards and, and what they were doing. When, when we said that they just hang out in the classroom, um, you kind of perked up about that. No. What, 
what comes to mind with that? Would you like to do activities for them as they sit in their classroom uh, to, to try and change that? Or maybe it's go you going in and talking to classes. Yeah, and I think I perked up because I, well, first, I don't know. Again, I, I don't know anything about gold cards, so I, I'm going to have to, you know, when I leave here today, do some do some research and see what our gold part gold card excuse me process is but no there's a lot of things we can do with that time and like i said i don't know i don't know what i don't know so. <laughs> well here's another thing you don't know and this is a crazy thing the gold cards can be blue pink green orange or yellow and they don't have to be gold uh, we oh. do crazy things here okay. Red Spray. Right. <laughs> okay let's talk about the fun stuff dr hershey and i talked about this and i cannot go without talking about this with you okay how do you think that the future of education and its relationship with AI will look? <laughs> you know, AI, it's, it's so interesting. We, we've had this talk um, as a staff at, uh, at NIXA, and um, it's so, so fresh and so new. I don't think we know what to do with it right now. Um, it's just like any other, any other tool that, new tool that we're presented with, like it can be used for a lot of good. I think the only hesitation in education is the plagiarism side of it. Like, hey, AI, write me a three-page paper, et cetera, et yes, cetera, you, you know. Um, but, uh, you, you know, I'm always wanting to learn about things. And one of the uh, principal forums that I closely follow, uh, this has been a hot topic on them as well. And I just enjoy reading about what principals from across the nation are, are doing about the AI and how they're not only just combating it, for lack of better terms, but how they're utilizing it uh, for productivity. And so um, I think um, at the end of the day, I would just hope that uh, our students have enough respect for themselves that they utilize it in a proper manner, so. One would certainly hope. Yeah. With AI, it brings a question of technology's impact on education. Obviously, it's had a tremendous impact. Electronics, specifically, mm -hmm. have had a tremendous impact on education in the past 20 or 30 years. Do you think that that could lead to a more self-paced means of learning in the future, and pretty soon in the future? You know, at the end of the day, teachers are invaluable, and AI can't have a relationship with you. AI can't help you. A AI is not gonna recognize that you're having, a, having an off day. AI is not gonna recognize that you might be struggling with something. AI is not gonna give you a note that, hey, I believe in you. AI cannot replace the relationships that our teachers have with our students. And, uh, you know, um, anytime I've had the opportunity to do something self-paced and then I have a question, I need someone there to answer it. And so okay. I seek out a human that can help me answer that. So I guess to to sum up the, the answer is AI will never replace the how valuable our teachers are to, to our building. So Do you think it would be better to have a hybrid system then, slightly self paced and slightly teacher oriented as well? Or do you think full teachers is still necessary for quite some time? Oh, definitely. We've we've got to have teachers. We've got to have teachers in that relationship piece. Again, I've got a picture of four teachers on my wall that got me to where I'm at today. And um, not only are teachers a valuable um, resource as far as being a relationship, but teachers are the experts in 
what they teach and teachers put their heart and souls into what they teach and like nothing can replace that nothing can replace um, just a, a teacher's energy and nothing can replace their passion and that's what makes that's what makes this building so great is the energy and passion our teachers show up with so that can't be replaced okay changing the topic a little bit we could talk all day about this but just a, a quick summary of of what you're thinking when you hear the term standardized testing how do you feel about that you know that's always a, a common question and and I was not a good I was not a good test taker I was not a good test taker um, I was a good I was a good student but I was I wasn't always a good test taker and so um, you, you know when it comes to times that it's not a real it's not a um, real measuring stick of a student's potential um, and so at the end of the day our teachers, um, they put their heart and souls into it and they, they give the best education to kids they can and we're not gonna base it all off of one test score. So um, I don't know if that answers your question, but uh, like I said, it's to me, at the end of the day, the relationships that our teachers have with our students is the most valuable thing that I have because when we have good relationships, when students are excited to be here, when students know they're safe when they're here because of uh, the relationships that they have with their teachers, um, then learning is going to be ignited. And so, that, you know, the relationship piece after that, everything else hopefully should take care of itself. That's a good answer. Let's change the tone a little of this podcast a little bit. One cannot have a conversation with me without talking about the meaning of life. Mm -hmm. Mr. Weldy, mm -hmm. what is the meaning of life? <laughs> oh, man, the meaning of life. You talked about your why earlier. Yeah. What do you think that the general why is, if, if there is one? Do you think that there is? You, you know, the, the, the meaning of life, man, I don't know if anyone's ever asked me that. Um, it's not an easy kinda, question kinda to answer. stumbled here. No, I know what the meaning of life for me is, and the meaning of life for me is just serving others. Um, and... You know, it's amazing whenever you serve others, just how much better you feel about yourself. And and my favorite way to serve others is behind the behind the behind the uh, behind the curtain, so to speak. Like serving others and wanting no glorification for it. Um, just to me, the meaning of life is just serving others, making them happy, and in return, um, your happiness is is overwhelmed because of of that ability and that opportunity. Yes, sir. So another question that I frequently ask. Hmm. Stephen Hawking thinks that AI will be the cause of the end of the world. Hmm. Jordan Peterson feels that it will be compassionate narcissists. Elon Musk feels that it will be population collapse. And Mr. White, the teacher here at Reed Spring, who we spoke with hmm. recently, yeah. feels that it will be meteors. Do you hmm. have any idea what the end of the world will be because of? What do you think is most likely? <laughs> Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Like, I honestly haven't thought about that because I'm not a, I just, I just think day to day. Yes, sir. I just think day to day. Um, you don't grow up like I did, um, dwelling on what happened yesterday and fearful of what could happen tomorrow. Um, when I talk about my, my childhood, um, I think about all the good 
that I experienced with my mom. And I don't think I mentioned that my mom died of a drug overdose two years ago. And I refused to let myself remember the bad things that I experienced because there was so much good. There's so much good I experienced um, in, in her time and, um, and just understanding that you know, when I, whenever I experienced the bad, that wasn't the true her, it was just her addiction. But uh, I don't think long-term, whenever it comes to, to, comes to that, the end of the world, I've never, I've never just pondered, oh, what's the end of the world gonna be like? We are so, privileged to have these conversations. Yeah. I was speaking with someone about this recently. I, I, I'm here talking about the meaning of life. Like, I, I get to ask questions like that. Mm-hmm. What's the meaning of life? What's the end of the world gonna look like? Mm-hmm. What would you do if you had a billion dollars? Mm-hmm. We're like, in third world countries, in Africa right now, it's like, what would I do if I had a cheeseburger? That, right. That's that's the questions they get to ask. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're certainly privileged to, yeah. to discuss yeah, that. definitely. My last question is the one that you wanted me to ask you. Oh, okay. Why is it important to tell your why? Hmm. Again, I just want everyone to know where I'm coming from. And as a teacher, it was so easy for me to get that story across. And it's not as easy now in, in, in a principal role. And I just want people to know that they can come to me with anything, knowing that I'm gonna listen, knowing that I have, I've, had, I've faced my trials. And again, it's so important. I don't want anyone to ever think, well, he's been through all this, so what I'm going through, that's not gonna matter. Yes, it does, because my my trials are no different than anyone else's and so that's 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 why it's so important to me is just knowing everybody letting everybody know where I'm coming from because I I just want that to be known as soon as I get here so everyone knows I'm not just here to 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 promote my own uh, my own ideas I'm here to promote everyone else's ideas and serve everyone else and that is why I do it is because Again, if it wasn't for public education and teachers, um, I wouldn't be where I'm at. And that's why I love what I do. That's why I love the opportunity to serve our building, to serve our students, to serve our teachers, to serve our community. And um, that's, there's nothing else I'd rather be doing right now. And I'm excited for the opportunity and can't wait to get started. I've said that several things you've said today are, are incredibly good to hear. You, you have no idea how may, happy that makes me and the entire school, I'm sure, to hear. Uh, yeah, it means a lot to us. It means a lot to me that you did this podcast, yeah. and uh, I'm glad that you were able to tell your story through it. So thank you again. Yeah. I'll see you. See ya.